Hello and welcome back to the Trick Play Podcast on Fresh Take Network. I'm Simon Chaskovsky here with Caleb Peterson. I had to go, I had to go anger bike. I just like biked up a hill um, because <laughs> I was so mad. I was up 20 goddamn points. Tyree Kill sucks. God damn it. <laughs> I'm so mad. And I, I thought I was going to be rich. <laughs> Fill an entire parking structure with that. Fill an entire baseball stadium. Yankee Stadium is filled with Lambos. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the Trick Play Podcast on the Fresh Take Network. I'm Simon Chaskovsky here with Caleb Peterson and shortly we will be breaking down all the sports related news, rumors, and drama that you want to hear about. We have a loaded week this week. We've got Frank Reich being fired by the Carolina Panthers. We've got Aaron Rodgers potentially coming back in like record timing off of an Achilles injury, which is just ridiculous. In the NHL, there's a lot happening, so we had to be a little selective here because we do not have endless amounts of time, and this might end up being a shorter week, but we're going to end up talking about Kane signing with the Red Wings and the fact that he plans to be back by next week. And in the NHL, we've got them bringing back the player draft, which is a little interesting considering the direction it seemed like they've been heading in for the last couple years. And if we've got time at the end, we'll talk about the in-season tournament. So, Caleb. Are you ready to go? I'm in so much pain. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> the Seahawks just ready. got obliterated by the Cowboys. On they didn't get obliterated. They didn't get obliterated. So I'm not. I'm. I'm gonna. They didn't get obliterated. I'm gonna talk about it in the next. <laughs> the Cowboys. <laughs> the Cowboys. <laughs> you skip Bayless. <laughs> you Clint Blake. Cleet Blakeman. I'm, I'm, uh, I hate this. What's the rule on YouTube? Move, move Don't on. swear within the first minute. We're, we're at a minute 50. Is that a record for the Trick Play podcast? The quickest... Fuck the Cowboys. <laughs> the, trick Fuck the, Cowboys. the quickest F-bomb on the Trick Play podcast. Every week we get a little earlier. <laughs> uh, this, is what, this is what happens when you record a podcast immediately following a Seahawks game. Like fair enough. You know what? You know the you, Flames. You know, you know when the last OT, which they did none of last year. You should see their overtime and shootout record. It was abysmal, and they won an overtime off of a beautiful goal by Huberto and Kadri. It was awesome. They beat a very good Stars team after beating a very good uh, Golden Knights team. They're going to win the Stanley Cup. I'm having a terrific evening. Caleb wants to go jump on a cliff. shoot myself. <laughs> I'm gonna shoot myself. You know when the last time we did a did a podcast immediately following a Seahawks game was? Seahawks Rams week one, baby. Was it? And that and that was a good segment. That was a good segment. I remember that segment. <laughs> uh, okay, we'll get into that then. Yeah. Oh. So let's talk about the Seahawks. Let's get it out of the way. Caleb, I'll let you take it immediately. <laughs> okay. So this, I don't even know, like, like how to feel after this game. Because this, up until the end of the game, was the best game that they've played all year. And I'm I'm looking at this team, and it's this the, the past three weeks has just been some of the worst, like, weeks of Seahawks football I've watched. Um since like the very end of the Russell Wilson era when they went like seven and ten, like it, it was blown out by the Ravens, thirty-seven to three, and then lose to the like what was it, three and seven Rams? Um, just a 
a terrible stretch. This offense was completely dead. I think the stat going into this game was what they, they hadn't scored in about 20 offensive drives, um, which uh, scored a touchdown in 20 offensive drives, which is just abysmal. Um, and then they finally get into this game, and they finally have momentum off the very like first play. I believe it was the third play. You get like an 80-yard DK Metcalf touchdown off of a slant. Um, and we just had all this great momentum. We go into the half with the lead. Um, and then you just come out in the second half. And, like, I don't know. I, I feel like every single week with this team, it's a new problem pops up as soon as we fix all the old stuff. You've got the offense um, finally picks up after being so sh- for the entire season and then the defense allows 41 points the dallas offense is good but it's not that good um i don't know i'm i'm i i don't have as much anger in me as i did for the for the rams game because that was just um a travesty it played out on a football field um this was just like depressing like i could I'm, i know just after this podcast i'm gonna break down in tears and wipe my tears on my 12 flag <laughs> Um, this is sad because the outlook for the Seahawks is not good. Um, Simon, well, do you do you know what the Seahawks' next two games are? Uh, I believe next one is 49ers. I don't know the one after that. Oh boy, the only team in the NFC that could be possibly more difficult than the Niners. The Eagles. <laughs> just yeah, just got flexed into Monday Night Football. Wow, terrific. Um, oh, I did see that, uh, but I was gonna say. My one add-on as the person in this in this in this podcast who did not watch the game was looking at the stat sheet. Uh, I I'm assuming that there's a reason behind this because I think it's absolutely hilarious. DJ Dallas is considered a passer with zero completions for zero yeah. attempts. Was that because yeah. was that a trick play that he just didn't throw the ball yeah. on or something? Yeah. So what what happened was it was a smart play by him. So they, it was a trick play. You get DJ Dallas lined up behind Gino. He throws it back to DJ Dallas, and you can see him cock it back like he's yeah. gonna throw. And then he just has nothing, so he just runs it. I don't know why that's. I was they called say, that a passing attempt because he didn't. He well, didn't even throw no, the ball. But that's what I mean. It's not a passing attempt. He's just under like the passers. Like I can. Yeah. Here, I mean, I'll, I'll send it to myself so that I can put it on the screen during the podcast to show like. He uh, didn't even. He did. He didn't even attempt a pass. He just kind of. It was, it, it, I mean, if you're if you're counting it on the stat sheet, it was just a really weird run play, but um, it was supposed to be a pass, but nobody was open, so he did the smart thing and tucked it, um, which was one of the only questionable calls of the entire um, game. And so the thing that the Seahawks at the end of this game was just the inability to convert on fourth down. They have Jake Bobo screen pass he could have i i i think this could have won them the game at this point i believe they're still up 35 to 30 late in the game and because they led they led the entire second half that is what is so awful about this game is that the after the cowboys had never trailed at home the entire season we owned this game the entire time the cowboys did not lead in the second half until the final two minutes and then because Seattle, they get a fourth and one, they can't convert. Terrible play call. Why are you running it up the middle with Charbonnet? Not a good play call. Dal- with Dallas's defensive line, you're not getting that shit. 
fourth and four. Um, another like that as a blitz by Dallas, Gino doesn't have any time to get it off to JSN. JSN doesn't even see the ball. It almost gets picked off incomplete turnover. And then on the end of the game, this is what is most infuriating about this. You have so Simon, let me let me ask you this question. You didn't you didn't watch the game, but let me let me just ask you this. So the Seahawks defense makes a great stop. They hold Dallas to a field goal to make it 41 to 35. So a very doable comeback with like a minute 45 left. The Seahawks have the ball at midfield. It's fourth and two. If you are the Seahawks offensive line, who would you say the most important player to block is on Dallas's entire team? <sighs> Golly gosh, I wonder. I think that you have to put an extra guy on the potential of Dak Prescott, WWE style, running down the ramp, music hits, mm-hmm. running out off the sideline, and tackling Geno Smith. I would say, okay. I would say that that is one. Other, other than, other put than the that left possibility. Tackle, put the left tackles, Derek, Dak Prescott, who's probably chugging Gatorade on the sideline, you know, pretending, pretending like he's not going to run on the field. Pretending. Put the left tackle on him and leave Micah Parsons completely open, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So, Micah Parsons was left completely open. Do you want to know how many blockers they had on Micah Parsons on that on that play? Uh, probably a lot zero. less than Eric Prescott. Fucking zero. Fucking zero. You have DJ Dallas as the blocker on Micah Parsons. And, of course, he's, <laughs> he doesn't even get over in time to make any contact. The <laughs> are you doing seattle you've called <laughs> shane waldron you have called a good game so far why is your play calling on fourth down so shit? you are over three oh on fourth God. down you're a terrible play caller like they had a quote in this game that al michaels so... pulled up a senile old al michaels who's just taking drugs in the back with kirk Herbstreit street at this point i don't even f- know what he's doing um but he, so he pulls oh, out a quote from shane waldron who's saying oh oh wow like Editor Simons. if I am sorry for all the ch- children ears potentially listening to this when Simon gives need- up after the four minute mark. The children need to, the children need to hear this. Al Michaels pulls this quote from Shane Waldron midway through the, the, the broadcast. Ugh. Shane Waldron's talking about, oh yeah, there's going to be heat on you if you don't score any points. Well, no sh- Shane, no shit. You're not scoring any points. You're not getting anything done on fourth down. You have a good offense with good players on it. You have the best receiver core in the league. You have an above average quarterback. And you have an amazing young running back duo. How are you not scoring any points? The garbage calls on fourth down. I have, I have, I, have, I could with this forever, but I'll, I'll, I have two more things to touch on before I, I shut my mouth. Um, <laughs> number one, the refs. The refs in this game were fing brutal brutal um like the entire game picky tack calls on seattle defenders uh defensive holding illegal contact um all of the barely contacted them at all and it's just five five yard illegal contact 35 yard pass interference absolutely insane um, and they were so ticky-tack. There's one on Bobby Wagner where he makes contact with the guy as soon as the ball gets there, pass interference, move the chains on third. I believe it was third down. Like, you cannot – There's you're going to get a couple bad calls per game. The amount of calls that went against the Seahawks that were just, like, factually incorrect. Like, I don't think I'm being a homer with this. 
Um, there's people like go on Twitter and look at like any sort of football talking head that is like not a Seahawks person. They're calling this shit out because it is atrocious. Um, Cleet Blakeman and his crew should not be refereeing another NFL game this season. That is how terrible this was. Um, they gave us the there. There was a they. It was so bad. I think the refs gave us a makeup call on the final drive of the Cowboys because the one play we actually do. Like it should have been pass interference. It's not good call, but whatever. That refereeing was terrible. Yeah, I was one gonna add on to that. One, I was one... gonna add on to that. Obviously, once again, didn't watch it. Looking at a box score, the penalties were actually very even, like in yard, both yes. yards and uh, amount called. Like the Seahawks did get one more penalty called on them, but it was only ten to nine. The penalty yards were one hundred and thirty for the Seahawks, one hundred and twenty-seven for the Cowboys. And those is is that Dallas's penalties? Dallas just played like again. You can say that I'm a homer. You can say that I'm a homer. But watching the game, there was a difference between what Dallas was doing and what Seattle was doing. Dallas was playing undisciplined. There were a couple calls that went Seattle's way that shouldn't have. I'm gonna talk like that pass interference at the end. Of, it should have been pass interference on Trey Brown, C.D. Lamb in the end zone. Should have been pass interference. I think that was a makeup call. But the rest of them, like, yes, the penalty yards were pretty even, but it's because Dallas was, um, they jumped offside so much at the end of the second half. Um, they had um, this pass interference on Tyler Lockett that was the most blatant pass interference I've ever seen in my entire life where he tackled Lockett to the ground before the ball got there and, like, five seconds before the ball got there. So, like, yeah, the penalties are pretty even, but this is a Dallas. The fact that they are even, based on how undisciplined Dallas played that entire game, um, I, I think it just speaks to how atrocious the refereeing is was in this game. Um, the final thing that I'm going to talk about, um, I'm not even like a Cowboys hater. I'm not a Cowboys hater. I, I I like the Cowboys more than most people. I like Dak Prescott. I think he gets too much hate. Um, I think their fans are obnoxious, but. I, I don't mind them. After this game, I don't know. Looking, I, I was looking on Twitter before this podcast started because, of course, that's what I'm going to do when I'm when I'm sitting here and depressed about a Seahawks loss. <laughs> I'm just going to doom scroll until my brain falls out of my eyes. Yep. Um, these f***ing Cowboys fans. Oh, my God. How about them Cowboys? You f***ing losers. <laughs> you, the Seahawks oh. were nine-point underdogs, and you should have lost. You should have lost. I don't understand what you're getting on about. I can't wait for you guys to sneak into the playoffs as a wild card and get burned by the Niners in the first round. You are such frauds. Um, I swear to God, this Seahawks offense has looked terrible all year, and you let them light your asses up. So for any Cowboys fan who is celebrating this win like it means something to you, go shut the fuck up because that it doesn't mean shit. You beat a bad Seahawks team. This is a bad Seahawks team this year. Go celebrate your asses off at nine and three or whatever, and then go get ready to cry at another second round playoff exit. I'm done with this. Shit. I'm done with this. Shit. If this game told me anything, it told me that the Cowboys are just like I, I I don't know. Their offense is good, but I can't wait to see this team get eliminated in the playoffs again. Um, yeah, and the Seahawks aren't making the playoffs. That's my other takeaway. Their schedule is and they're completely done so this is going to be the last time you hear about me talk about the seahawks i hope it was fun guys lovely and let's end off the podcast by uh 
Simon, if you decided to attempt to swear or not swear out bleep out all of those, um, swear counter. Let's let's get it up there. How many? Count them. Count them. <laughs> let's go swear counter okay, up I'll there. Take, what are we gonna set the over under at? Because I don't I don't I don't know what this currently is. Over I under. Like is, I think this might be easier for me since I had I sat here listening to it. I think my over under would probably be. I'm gonna go. I think the over under, like the middle, I'd probably say. Yeah, the line. Mm, you said a lot as well. I say a lot. I'm gonna guess probably twenty. I'm I'm going over. I'm I I over would too, but I'd say the line would be probably twenty. Okay, my my guess my guess is gonna be it's gonna be like fifty three. <laughs> Holy crap! I don't know about that. My guess would have been probably twenty six, twenty seven, twenty six. We'll if I if I didn't say fifty three swear words, then this isn't. I didn't. I didn't do enough. I need to try this again. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> this was this was fun. This is this was abysmal. This was abysmal. If it did if it didn't get fifty three swear words, it deserves it because the twenty twenty three Seahawks season is over. It's over before it gets to November, and that is the most depressing thing that any that has ever happened uh, you guys are six this month six. at least. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's the I don't know if it's the overly pessimistic Seahawks fan in me talking, but I don't see a world in which we win a game against the Niners or the Eagles that puts us in six and eight. And then even if we win out the rest of the way, nine and eight, and then we don't have the tiebreaker against the Rams, I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm looking at that schedule so, and I'm thinking. You know what? Well, we can end this off with getting your reaction on. I think I think this is right now. I think when let's see, fifty-four seconds ago. Okay. So Dak Prescott at the press conference came out. This is breaking news. Breaking news. He was asked okay. Okay. on what the value of prevailing in a close game against an opponent with a winning record was. With and with how you're talking crap on the the Seahawks. That might uh that'll that'll let's here, I'll say the quote. This is Dak Prescott once again speaking and not Simon Chiskowski from his basement. Guys kept saying on the sideline, expect to win, expect to win. And when you do that, you have those expectations. You're going to find a way to win, simple as that. I thought he said more than that as well. Crap, one second. Maybe I had the wrong quote. I got hyped up. What was my? What was the other quote? God damn it. Never mind. I wasted everyone's time. Sorry. I thought, he, I, thought I read something. One second. Where was I mean... That is the, that's the other thing about the Cowboys is that they haven't won before this game they hadn't won a, a game against a team with a winning record, which I I don't know like I, if I'm I I'm the Cowboys look they're, they're a good team they're a playoff team but just to get all excited about this game that you squeaked by in a game where you were favored by almost ten full points on the like money line that's that's insane I see tweets about all oh, this Cowboys season looks special. That's what you fuckers say every year. Just, just give up. Just give up. Yeah, and I want the uh, Eagles to win this. Another, Super Bowl this wasn't the quote I was talking about. I thought it was something Dak said. This is still an interesting. This is. We've already talked for a little long on this one, but the uh, Mike McCarthy came out and called Dak Prescott a championship caliber quarterback as well. That was another thing that uh, I think. That doesn't. That's not. That's not. I. I can agree with that. Dak played great this game. 
Dak played great. The Cowboys' offense was 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 great, but I, I I just don't think you can as a as a full unit, especially this defense. This Cowboys' defense is going to have questions to answer, um, especially that secondary, because um, the Seahawks were picking them apart. Um, I don't know. You're, you're, the Cowboys' schedule is rough too. I'm as as an unaffiliated observer who is not currently mad at the Cowboys that they just beat my favorite team. I think the next stretch of games will say a lot about um, what this Cowboys team actually is. Because if they, I don't think you can say that, oh, they're for real after beating us. That you can't say that. That's just getting way too far ahead of yourselves. Yeah. Um, and and that, buying that. That is the, the quote that I thought I, fa- I had found. I thought I'd so- I thought Dak had said something related to the, to the idea that it felt really good to beat a really great team from behind and then this would give them like a lot of confidence or something i thought i had read read a quote like that i mean i wouldn't be i wouldn't be shocked if it gives them confidence like i i I don't know it's just the people that i see that are like oh this is the win that proves that the cowboys are for real you can fuck off with that you can you can you can go take that and shove it up your ass because it's not it's not that's not what this is this is a win that you squeaked by against the team you were supposed to dominate um so don't go hyping yourselves up about this game. Um, be grateful that you won, and then just take it and run with it and try to not get thrashed in these next five games. Yeah. In more slightly less uh, personally maddening um, NFL news, um, one in 10 start, which um, very disappointing. I mean, there weren't high expectations to begin with, unless you're an idiot who predicted them to go 12 and five and make the playoffs this season. Like, I don't know who would do that. Um, but, uh, even, even, even taking that out of the considerations, one in 10, not great. Bryce Young has not looked like the quarterback he was projected to be coming out of the draft. And apparently 11 games in canned according to, been taking a lot of heat for this decision i understand the uh impulse to fire your coach after winning one game out of 11 because that's that's rough and the season has not gone the way that they've liked but 11 games in is just like it feels like you're not giving him a chance and i'll 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 prompt you up with this simon in terms of what you think of this um urban meyer who was the worst coaching hire in the 21st century lasted longer in jacksonville than frank reich did in Carolina. Knowing that, do you think this is justified? Um, well, like you said, their record is 1-10, correct? Right? When, yeah. when did they win that game? Like, what? what's their streak right now? Because that's... They beat the, they beat the Texans, and that was maybe, like, three to four weeks ago. Okay. Like, I don't know. I think, uh, I think that might just speak to the fact that Jacksonville probably should have fired a urban meyer sooner than they did but uh i i do think it was kind of deserved i or if it wasn't deserved i think it was the right move just with the idea that i don't know how much you necessarily want this season has been a shit show for carolina i don't know how much you i you want to try and turn things around whatever you've been doing isn't working and when you have a young quarterback in a system that just isn't working for that quarterback you don't that's obviously just a bad situation I think if I was the Panthers, I would be wanting to try and fix that so that you don't break 
your franchise quarterback before it's too late, right? Because you want to you want to get him set, right? And obviously, what they're doing right now just isn't working. You can also make the argument that maybe firing a coach mid-season just isn't great for a young quarterback's help. depth. Yeah, it's definitely not going to help. help. So I think there's two sides to it, right? But uh, I mean, one in ten is terrible. That is a terrible start to the year. So I don't know. One in ten is a, one in ten is a terrible record, and I and I get what you're saying in terms of like just looking at the record, you're you're you can't question it too much. But I'm looking at the big like looking at the bigger picture. Um, Eleven games is not enough to prove anything in the NFL. I don't think you can like it's not enough time to build a team. If you're giving a regime only eleven games to get something right then you're not giving them any chance. And in terms of the Panthers, I don't think their issue is um, the coaching. Because Frank Reich has proven to be a good coach in this league. And I mean, it, it hasn't been successful. It, didn't, it wasn't successful in Carolina and Bryce Young has struggled. But I don't think that's necessarily entirely Frank Reich's fault. Um, the personnel that Carolina has is just totally lacking. Um, they've got... Their receiving talent hasn't really panned out the way that it's supposed to. You've got an aging Adam Thielen, who's their number one target by quite a long shot. Their offensive line hasn't been looking great. Like Bryce Young's not getting any help. Um, it's it's looked pretty atrocious. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I don't think you can do that. And to your point that you brought up, if I think the, the most important thing for this Panthers team is the development of Bryce Young. And to fire your coach midseason not only your coach, but your QB coach mid-season, I think does way more harm than good. Because you're you're going to have to learn... A, I, I mean, I don't know how much they're going to change, but you're likely going to have to learn a lot of new um, systems, like a lot of new everything if you're bringing in a completely yeah. new and guy to helm the ship. And to add to I'm, a lot of the... And I want to jump in here just because I'm, I'm kind of looking at some stuff that I think adds a lot to this entire conversation because i think obviously with the whole frank reich firing the the main aim has been on how bad the offense has been the defense has been terrible too looking at like how many points they've allowed on most of their losses like back-to-back 40 point losses to miami and detroit earlier this year they've lost more than a couple over 30 like it's it's been rough it's been rough to say the least but the the last time they they only have two wins or not two wins sorry they only have two games where they've gotten over 20 points which was both games where they lost by 40 so you can probably make an argument that the a lot of that is just based on garbage time oh and and the seahawks because we like to play teams close that don't deserve it but really wait whoa am i missing one 30 37 27 week three that was Andy Dalton, though. That is not on the game log over here. That's real interesting. That's fun. Okay, well then three. I remember, I, I remember that one. <laughs> well then three, yeah. because for some reason the that, Seahawks that, aren't popping up on the game log. But That's okay. They, they, they kind of deserve to be erased from the NFL. Oh, never mind. I know why. I'm looking at Bryce Young's stats for the game log. So that's that yeah, would be he, why. Yeah, because it was it was an Andy Dalton game. Well, there you go. Um, so that's my bad. That's my bad. Yeah. But for the rest of the games, for well, all the games that Bryce Young has started in, I maybe should throw an emphasis on that. Yeah, that's that is rough, especially. Which is important. You, and you spoke on. You also mentioned their last win, which was in Houston, where they only scored fifteen as well. 
they also have the highest they have scored since that game is 13 in a game and bryce young has only thrown two touchdowns in four weeks yeah with not, his pick I, ratio gonna, being the his ratio is two to four yeah no nobody's gonna look at you and say that the panthers have been great but i think having this little patience for a team just like immediately makes your chances worse so i think if you're looking at a coach firing you're going to say am, am i going to be better without this guy then i'm going to be with him in the next few years and i don't see a possibility where the the panthers are better with, without frank reich because they're going to be garbage anyways because it's not a it was never really a coaching issue um they have terrible personnel like i talked about before and the other thing you have to think about is david tepper the owner of the panthers has he also owns an mls franchise he's fired four coaches in the last couple of years which is just an insane rate um because that's two that's two he's firing a coach every year for each of his teams there's a like can you tell me that there is any coach out there like any good coaching candidate who wants to go to the panthers and if I'm a coaching candidate that I'm getting like a bunch of interest from a lot of teams. Carolina is at the bottom of my list. They, they got a good quality proven coach in Frank Reich and they sent him out the door because they think they're going to get somebody better and the hiring carousel comes around. But like, I don't know. I think there's going to be a lot of head coach openings because there's a lot of people who are on the hot seat um, in the NFL. I think there could be a, like as many as like, like, getting close to 10 op job openings um with how many uh coaches are going to get fired it's going to be a bloodbath and do you think any of these like potential um whether it's like hot offensive coordinators defensive coordinators any of these hot coaching prospects are they going to go looking for carolina they're no they're going to be looking anybody anywhere else because they know if they don't start producing immediately which is an unfair expectation to begin with they're going to be canned like it's it's not a fair system to build upon if you're not given the roster if you're not giving the time to build that roster and form the culture um i don't see any point in going to carolina if i was a head coaching candidate i'd be avoiding it like the plague unless i absolutely had to yeah and i i think i actually do agree with you on that point i think especially it it's kind of different in other sports to a point where like in hockey for example, in the NHL, there's not as big of a system change, right? That's very, very different. In the NFL, when you switch coaches, you are automatically ensuring that it's going to be a week, like weeks, before you uh, your team gets used to it. You have to learn a whole new playbook. You have to learn a whole new bunch of schemes. You need to learn all of these new things. And that's not something you can do in a, in a week. Hell, not even a bye week, right? So that's always the big controversy whenever, or the big topic yeah. whenever a coach gets fired. For example, even with Matt Canada's firing, people were talking about the fact that the Steelers would be going into the next week with not a lot of time to figure out what their game plan was offensively, right? Without, with a new person calling the plays. Yeah. But, and but I think that, I think it is pretty wild. I kind of do agree with you on that point that how, how little it takes now, I guess, because it, it has gone. A lot easier for coaches to get fired in the nfl that's for sure not only yeah. just in carolina but across the league well i i do think it is kind of a carolina thing because i mean that you have seen coaches be fired um 
relatively earlier, but I do think it's a, a special Carolina thing. No, because, it's definitely there is a special um, case here, but I I do think just in general, I think the people are starting to get a lot less <laughs> patient. They want to well, win now. I don't I don't know because I I would look at other I would look at other situations across the league and I would see significantly worse coaching jobs that have been done for guys that have had their job for multiple years where you've you have seen lots of patience you've seen um i think arthur smith is one of the worst coaches in the nfl who has a treasure trove of weapons of hit around him in atlanta and he's been in that job for i think three years now they've had patience with him you've got brandon staley who has um, one of the best young quarterbacks in the league and an amazing talent all over the roster. And he's currently, I think they're sitting at four wins. Like they've had yeah. patience with him. Although um, I will say it's, with it's the Staley of... thing, I feel like he's probably the next domino out of all these coaches from what I've been hearing. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if Arthur Smith goes too, but there's been heat on these guys for years. And I've never even been the biggest Brandon Staley hater, but like there's been calls for his job for a while now. And people have been been patient with him because people understand that it's a like people in management under people in ownership especially understand that it takes time to build a culture. Um, but the issue with Pepper is that he's only owned this he hasn't owned this franchise for more than five years. He doesn't know what he's doing yet, um, and he's taken heat for that. And he is banning reporters from his press conferences that he doesn't like. Uh, it's just a complete mess in Carolina. It's just a it's just a complete mess. Um, they're going to be very bad um, for the considerable future. Not just because Bryce Young hasn't panned out, but just because the the franchise itself is rotten at the core, and that starts with the owner. Yeah, no, I I don't necessarily disagree with you. I think that maybe they need to let somebody figure it out <laughs> first. I don't disagree with you, but I also I also don't know if you're not giving again if you aren't giving Bryce Young the best possible situation to succeed then you're doing everything wrong and i think that maybe that's just all it came down to yeah i mean i guess i just don't know it's a it's a big gamble to take it's a big gamble to take because if you can't get a guy that is better than frank reich which is a high bar then this is this is one of the biggest blunders you've had because then you've then because i think you're right the the most important thing is the development of bryce young you're you're totally on point there um, so if, if that's why you fired Frank Reich, okay, find somebody better. Yeah. And that's a high bar. That's a high bar. So in some of the bigger NFL news that has come out in the last week ish is that, uh, Aaron Rodgers has returned to practice and we've seen stuff in the background for the last couple of weeks of him, maybe just tossing the football on the sideline with somebody walking around, you know, all that stuff that you wouldn't normally see from somebody who tore his Achilles just uh, I believe what would it even be now like 10 weeks 11 weeks ago like it it's not something you would normally see especially this quick and all of a sudden he's back to practice he's or and he's potentially going to be playing in as soon as three weeks is what I think is being said right now which is ridiculous like considering examples we we have seen across other sports and in this one it's crazy how fast Rodgers has come back and I think I mean, this could be huge for the Jets. I don't, I, I don't have their record in front of me currently, but I not good. obviously not, not good. good. But I, I wonder what the impact of Aaron Rodgers coming back could have on this team, even if he's playing with it's one a, leg. Aaron Rodgers is one of the stupidest people I, I know on this planet. Oh, <laughs> I, I, 
And I'm not just saying that. So I like it, I am I if if this is a big if if this Achilles recovery that he's made is like totally up to par and is like a I guess I mean he's gotten activated off IR, so I guess it is like approved by the doctors and everything. Like he's actually good to go. Props to him. That is yeah. impressive as all hell. That is so impressive. As as the biggest Aaron Rodgers hater that I know, um, props to him. Like genuinely impressive. Um, that's amazing that he's come back from that. But as Aaron Rodgers, you just got your Achilles blown um, at five snaps into your Jets debut. Um, you obviously want to have at least one shot with a fully healthy Jets team to try yeah. and make the playoffs and make some noise because with how good this defense has been, that's a real possibility when you get a very talented quarterback like Rodgers back there. Um, but the Jets are terrible. They're four They've and been seven terrible in a this very whole... good division. They're four and seven in a very good division, and this AFC wildcard race is stacked. Well, like even look at like, it like you're... this, right? Let's look at it like this. Let's say best possible scenario. If we want to quickly take a look at what the Jets' next couple games, next three weeks, right? Without A-Rod. Next three weeks without A-Rod, right? You have the Texans, the Dolphins, and the Commanders. Let's yeah. let's be nice here, okay? Let's be, A-Rod will be back. For, yeah. Let's, what did you say? Sorry, I missed that. The, 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 the Commanders would be the game that A-Rod is back for. Okay. Well, let's be nice here. We'll... Do you, they'll lose to the Dolphins. Do you think they have a chance against the Texans? Absolutely not. They're going to okay. get crushed. So that is two losses. The Texans, That's the... two losses, right? I'm not arguing with you. I'm just asking because I want to yeah. make sure we're on the same page. That would mean the Jets' record is 4-9. and nine. Let's say A-Rod does come back, and they real A-Rod comes back. He's got the Achilles of a god. He is, can now throw the football 1,000 yards and is the Jesus Christ of football, and they finish the record – they finished with a record of eight and nine and missed the playoffs. <laughs> and and consider this because the the other game the other game that they have even before those two games is a game against the Falcons um, this upcoming Sunday. Like I don't I don't give them any more of a chance against the Falcons than oh, I do so they, against. Yeah. No, I just missed. Them. So it's even it's even it's even it's even it's even worse than you just that line. It's yeah, four okay. and ten. It's four and ten. There so you go. So like what? <laughs> What's what's Aaron Rodgers coming back to? This is a team that is currently second last in the conference, and you have so many teams that are vying for Steelers seven and four, yeah, seven to, like, and four. Emphasize the fact. Congrats, A Rod. Congrats, A Rod. You came and honestly, congrats. You came back from what is a career-ending injury in not only this sport but a lot of yeah. other ones. A prime-ending ending yeah. injury. This is an injury that is killer. Let's say he goes out there and he's not 100% and his leg snaps again. He's done. Yeah. He's done. He's done. No, he's actually done. He's not done. coming back. You are not going to be able to walk. Like, that is... Exactly. Like, this is the... And that is the risk A-Rod is taking right now. And he's taking that risk on a 4-7 team. Like, I think you have to yeah. just wait for next year at this point. Like, sure, you I understand... To. I understand... To. I understand earlier in the year. When there was like the thought of this team, this Jets team is good. They they have a good core. They're like the the idea of them going to the playoffs wasn't solely on the fact that their quarterback was Aaron Rodgers. It was around the fact that sure their quarterback was a Rod, but they also had a great young core with a lot of great veterans veterans as well. They had a terrific D line with 
a great defense. All of these things were making all of us say that the Jets were going to be good, right? So when A-Rod went down, all of us were like, maybe. Maybe Zach Wilson, under the tutelage of Aaron Rodgers, can pull something out of his ass and have them set up for when Aaron Rodgers is ready to go, right? He has not done that. Yep. They are 4-7. and seven. That went down He's... the window weeks ago. And that Zach Wilson is banished to like Siberia now. He's not even the backup anymore. He's and the third string quarterback thing, behind right? Trevor like, Simeon. Why would you risk a guy? And they signed A Rod to a multiple year deal. Like he is. This is not his last season. All things is, that's an assumption, but yeah. this isn't his last year, right? Why would you come back? You have, like you have nothing yeah. to prove. Uh, like I actually yeah. think he's coming I... back out of stubbornness. As somebody who's stubborn. It I am stubborn as hell. I can tell you that for free. <laughs> I can, like, understand the thing that I can, like, imagine what's going through his brain. All these people doubting me. All these people thinking I can't do it. Fuck you. I'm going to come back, even if it's stupid, just <laughs> just so that I, just to prove I could. You Right? But it's just like, yeah. why? <laughs> like... <laughs> It's just dumb. Like, you're yeah, really it, it risking. Doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. You are risking. Like, to you're play, not going to do anything this year. You're risking next year at this point. Like, it's just like, why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To put it in perspective, to just, like, really, like, drill into um, how stupid it would be to try and do anything with this Jets team. Because, like you said, they're probably going to be 4-10. and 10. But even, would be even with back. that... He would be coming back for two games. Yeah, yeah, against, it would be the last like the three Browns games of the season. He's not doing anything. <laughs> yeah, Commanders, Browns, Patriots. Like you're, you. Oh, sorry, it, Browns, it's yeah. not worth it. The uh, the other thing is, um, is that we're talking potentially about the Bills not making the playoffs. The Bills playoff chances are rough. If the Bills playoff chances are rough right now, they're sitting. They are, they are six one, two, six, three right? spots back. They're st- yeah, they are six and six, and there is currently two T. Te- um, the Colts have that last wild card spot, and then the Texans and Broncos are also ahead of them before you get to the Bills. If a team like the Bills is the sixth, uh, no, they're not the sixth seed. What is that? Eight, nine. There's no. The Bills are the tenth seed in the AFC right now. If a team like the Bills is are the tenth seed in the AFC, you don't have any chance in that competition. And and I think you've outlined it perfectly. Like. There's no point in risking um, your next season because I think the Jets, like, as soon as you hit, um, I, I, as soon as you started, like, losing, they had a four-game stretch they lost. They were in primetime a bunch, and they lost, like, I think it was Chargers, Raiders, Dolphins, and I think Bills as well. Um, like, three out of those four games were in a primetime slot. As soon as you, you crack the bed in that schedule, like, you have to pack it in and say, see you next season. Um, what I honestly think – so. The thing to know about this, this, um, the news this week is that what they did is they opened the practice window. So that means he has three weeks to come back. Um, and if he isn't ready to play by the end of those three weeks, so like, um, that's the, the commander's game. If he's not playing in that commander's game, they shelve him for the rest of the season and they still have that option. And I would not be surprised if they just like put him on IR for the rest of the season after yeah. this practice window was open because anything else is just like it's completely just... absurd and no. stupid. I don't you're, imagine you're even if A Rod sales at that point. Like... Yeah, 
even if even if a rod is so stubborn like you said that he is gonna still try to do it i don't think the jets gm will let him no you'd have there's to no stupid. way that that happens you'd wa- you'd have to they, want they're gonna to have fired. to like hold him back yeah like yeah there has to be someone in that room who can go buddy like you you don't need to <laughs> nobody get, nobody here is like there's nothing get, get pat get pat mcafee to talk some sense into him he's go. on his, his <laughs> little he's on his little show every what like a couple hours or whatever with <laughs> it seems like so yeah. get pat mcafee to talk some sense into you yeah i i don't know this is it's I don't know. It's impressive the return, but it's it's um a little bit it's an impressively and, and stupid considering. Yeah, like, and it's too bad because if the Jets if the Jets had pulled out some wins, like because they were riding, because people forget they were riding pretty high. They are they are the only team to beat the Eagles, the best team in the NFL, got beat by the Jets. So like they they had potential, and then they these it is these really these last four games. Chargers on Sunday night, Raiders on Sunday night, um, Black Friday game against the Dolphins, like just losing all of those games in big spot, you're out of it. So it, it may have had a point before this last four weeks, but now it's just completely. Um, no, it's the race this tight where I think where I think there are. Joe Burrow's injury makes this a little bit tougher, but I think before Joe Burrow's injury, I would be thinking there were potentially like four or five teams that would miss the playoffs that I would think like deserve to be in. So you know what they say about me? They call me Vegas Caleb. Anything, anything that I say, place a bet on it right now because I have infinite foresight. Um, last week's podcast, we did a segment on Patrick Kane, where he was going. And I said he was going to the Red Wings. And look what happened this week. Kane has signed with the Red Wings. He is reuniting with his old uh, Chicago teammate, Alex DeBrinkett. And you're, you were saying before the podcast, Simon, he's playing on a line with uh, not only DeBrinkett, but also Dylan Larkin. Uh, there is there's kind of there is some risks in, in the signing in terms of we don't know what his return from, I believe it was hip surgery is going to be like. Uh, we don't know if he's going to be – he's obviously not the same player he was in his prime. We don't know how, like, close to that he's going to be. So there's some kind of uncertainty here, but I think it's a pretty it's a pretty uh, low-risk, low, low, risk, low risk high reward. And the, just looking at the names in that line, it looks pretty enticing. Yeah. No, I think it's a really good move by Detroit. I You say uh, high-risk, low re- – or no, other way around. High-risk, low-risk, low, low, low high reward. You're right. Like – I think there's no risk to this. You're signing him on a $2 million contract. You weren't going to use that on anyone else. This is a situation where you are just bringing in a guy who is either going to be the Patrick Kane of old, which is what he's been saying. He said he came out and said that he feels the best he's felt in three years. He thinks he's a better player than he's been the last three years. If he's right, you're getting that Patrick Kane, that Chicago Blackhawks Patrick Kane. Sure, not prime Patrick Kane, not by a mile, but you're getting a player who is still a very strong hockey player or you get a out of out of prime patrick kane who's just not got it anymore who you can slide in on your third or fourth line and it won't matter whatever like it's not going to change it's not going to change anything i don't think there's a risk here at all 
yeah, I think that's a good point. When I say it, when I say at the start, there's a risk. It's more of a risk of like, not not for the team, for the player. You don't know. You don't know sure. if he's gonna be. Yeah. It's let, let, he's risking, risking his more legacy, just uns- I guess, uns- if you want to look at it like that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even say that. I would say more like risk is maybe not the right word to use. It's more just uncertainty sure. because yeah. after a after a surgery like this, you really don't know which way it's gonna go. Um, but yeah, for the Red Wings, I I think you are pretty like dead on when you say there is no risk. Because the, especially when the potential reward is as high as, as it is. Um, again, like I don't, I don't know if you're, you're gonna get, you're, you're not getting prime, prime Kane, but um, even just getting a fraction of the player he was, um, and a veteran a that you're inserting. If you get like a 2020 Patrick Kane, you're winning. Like yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. You like, get a last year Patrick Kane, you're winning. Like it's, like he still had like a 50 point season, I think. Yeah, and it's like the perfect um, veteran presence that that Detroit team needs because it's a young and team, you also, right? Like you also I have mean, like the team chemistry or the line chemistry of him and Debrinket. You slot you're sliding Larkin in yeah. there, who other than like Raymond and Debrinket in recent years has had terrible teammates as an, or line mates his entire career. This is probably the best line that it let. This is again predicting Patrick. I think that Patrick Kane will come back strong. But that's just based on the fact that I think that he has. I I I'm relying on the fact that he's he. I'm trusting my sources. Patrick Kane quotes. <laughs> so take that as you will. But I just think that if he truly was playing hurts and still put up a fifty point season and he's healthy now, that's enough for me. Like that should show. Like he's an incredible player. He's been an incredible player for the last yeah. fifteen years. If he is yeah. like. 80% of what that was, Detroit has a hell of a player. And hell, slide him in on that second or third line, he'll still be killer. I think next to a playmaker like Debrinket and Larkin, hell, like that's still That's one of the best lines in hockey. Yep. Yeah. And um, you, wonder, you wonder where we would have put this if we had our, uh, our best lines in hockey video. We already had Detroit pretty high. Yeah. When we did, did when we did that Absolutely segment, did. and that might have even that might have even gone up since then. Um, I do I do have a question for you, for you, Simon. Does now that it's real, does will seeing Patrick Kane in a Red Wings jer- jersey feel any less weird? Well, there's already been photoshops of it. I think he might have done a practice, unless maybe that was Photoshop. I'm gonna see if I can pull it up, but yeah, uh, I will say it looks weird as fuck. From the photos I've been seeing, seeing, did he do a practice or is this Photoshop? Uh, I'm gonna take a wild shot in the dark and say this is Photoshop, but yeah, because there's a photo that the NHL NHL.com posted of him in a practice uniform. There is a Rangers logo in the background that I'm gonna point out, so I think it's Photoshop. Yeah, it actually kind of looks like Photoshop now that I look at it, but um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's Photoshop. So I don't think he's done a practice yet. It looks weird. It looks weird as hell. Like, why? It's going to look weird for a long time. It's it. I don't know if it looks as weird as him in a Rangers jersey because that was whack. And but, that's that's going to age. Weird. That's going to age weirdly too, considering he was only there for like half the season. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like I, I don't know. Like. It's of course it's, it looks weird. He's gonna look weird in any jersey that's not a Blackhawks jersey. But I yeah, mean, what are you gonna do, right? 
Yeah, it is one of those things where it's like a, a superstar kind of goes to a bunch of different teams at the end of, end of their career. I mean, you think of, I mean, the hockey one that I that immediately comes to mind to me is like Jerome McGinley and literally anything other than a Flames jersey. Like Jerome McGinley and a Penguins jersey or something. Or like in football, like Jerry Rice played for you the Seahawks or want, if you want for a, the Cardinals. If you want a, the weirdest looking Jerome McGinley jersey, his, uh, his LA Kings one. LA Kings is weird too. Because for some reason, wore, Penguins is the one that sticks out to me. He wore eighty-eight with yeah. Kings, yeah. which is the Ugh. which was the weird Yuck. thing. Like everyone, that's, that's the stop everyone forgets. And I think the only reason I remember him in an eighty-eight jersey was. And speaking of which, I actually think an eighty-eight Kings jersey is a sick jersey, and I kind of want it now. But like looking at yeah. looking at photos, and again, like Kings jersey is kind of sick. But. And I brought it up when we talked about our fights, like hockey fights segment or whatever. I don't remember exactly why we were talking about it. Yeah. But one of my favorite fights ever is him versus him in like it was like one of his last fights. I think it was either his last fight or one of them in like the last I want to say fifteen games of the season in his final season. Him and Derek England fucking like just beat the piss out of each other and it is an awesome fight so i'll shout out that again because that's one of my favorite fights ever because it's like a 40 year old aginla taking on not not a prime england but at that point england was definitely formidable like he was a scary dude and iggy beat the crap out of him (laughs) or maybe not beat the crap out of him but you know what i mean putting up a really good fight against the guy that he probably he probably shouldn't have fought so at that point in his people, career. People don't remember him as as a fighter because oh I mean that's God. not what he was best at obviously, but, but he he could, he was kill, he throw he was hands. A killer fighter. Is there is there a way to look at like can I find Jerome McGinley's fight like record? Oh yeah, there's he a won, there's, there's he a, won a lot more fights than he lost. can tell you that hockey fights do they have a record here for him fighting record but they don't have a total oh that's super annoying actually they don't know they just count how many fights but they don't ah i want to find this now do they have like, you could a... probably go 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 through and 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 see you're probably right but uh Um, he fought seventy-two times. Jeez. Oh, of course. No, I'm not surprised it's that high. Yeah. His wow, that's actually kind of interesting. Do you have a guess on what I'm? I'm looking at hockeyfights.com, and they have like ratings for his fights. Do you have a guess on what his top fight is? Oh, I, I was literally just on the website, and I I didn't I didn't remember I don't remember what it was. Was it the one? I mean, the the one that the, the famous one is like the one against um, Oh, who was it? It Lecavalier. Yeah. yeah, that would that's be my the one guess. Everybody goes. It's the funny thing is that's not even on here. I don't think. Really? No. Which is really weird. Cause uh, the top one is him versus Jamie Ben, which is another really famous one, like in 2010. Yeah. Because that one is very famous. And then there's another one. Number two is one that I don't even know if I've watched, which is him taking on I it just has to be 
uh, Bill Goren. Goren, I believe. Oh. Yeah, I Damn. think that's how you pronounce his name. That's that would have been, been an older one. Then, yeah, in 2002. Ryan Kessler in 2006, which I think I remember, actually. But it's well, not yeah. it's not one that sticks out to me. Ed Jovanikovsky. Nearly butchered the crap out of his name there. The then big, Willie Mitchell. Big names. <laughs> then Willie Mitchell. I'm just like, I'm just going down this list to show the fact. Because a lot of these I haven't even heard of. Which is really weird to me. Because, yeah. yeah, the Le Cavalier one feels like a no-brainer. The And then yeah. next one, actually, they they actually do have the England one on here. They have that sitting at one, two, three, oh, there four, you go. five. That's at seventh. I still wish I could see his record. Because that... That kind of makes me sad. This is a, this is a Simon uh, homework project for. Well, that's what I mean. I, I think you, don't, you, don't, you don't have to you don't have to commentate any more games. You don't got any more school. That's true. I can I Maybe can I can picture my... you sitting there going through hockeyfights.com and watching every single Jerome Ginla fight and to like see who won. I think that there should totally be like a record for like fights in hockey. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, the, the, diff- the difficult thing is sometimes there's no clear winner. Well, then make ties. Who cares? Okay, but like some of them, like it's not quite clear. Like you can like I don't know. You can say like one like they All separate saying, them, but one guy was like beating the guy up. Like you don't know. All I'm saying is I think that that it's really dumb that they haven't at least tried to do something like that. Because I think that's such a missed opportunity. Because, like, think about how much more that, hyped that... up you can make fights. Like, it's all of a sudden you see, you see like, uh, Wilson drop the gloves with Reeves and, like, a little stat pops up showing how many times Reeves has knocked the piss out of people. Because that's one of the cooler things about, like, watching fighting. When you'll, like, you'll see two guys... Where it'll be like their record combined records are like sixty zero and zero, and you're like, holy fuck, this is gonna be an insane tilt. Like you don't get that from hockey sometimes. Like sure, when you watch Reeves and like Tom Wilson go down, you're like, okay, these are two guys who don't lose fights. This is gonna be pretty sick. It's still like, eh. <laughs> it's not as cool. No. All, all I gotta say to that, Simon, is is you gotta be the change you wish to create. Come on, I, guess, I need I a catalog. Of, I, I I think it's I started job. too small with just a Ginla. You're talking you're talking about a league wide change here. I think it should be a league wide change. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, well, you got you, you got to compile that data for the there, NHL. Wasn't Come there on. a site that we found during that fight segment that like actually like ranked who won? It fights? did say. Do you remember what that site was? I am. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I don't. I, I thought it was that hockey, but it's not club. But I guess it wasn't. Um, the um, yeah, they just had like a fan vote in terms of voting. Yeah, who but won even the, that, I'd be. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure what the what the website was. Maybe I'd have to have to go back and watch that segment. Yeah, go back and watch that segment. You should. Uh, yeah, go, we need we need some. Uh, Leave I mean, the segment for like. No, we'll we'll, we'll send full. Yeah, oh, it is hockey. Good play viewers out. It is hockey. It fights. is okay. We got yeah. it. But for some reason, it's just like <laughs> it's just not showing it for specific players. That's kind of. That's weird. That is very weird. Maybe before before um, 
It's not like a Ginla the modern yeah, I guess player not. anymore. That's a weird That's thing. That's probably the... Uh, I'm old. I'm I know. <laughs> we are. Come back. There's a, The Flames have been missing a top line right wing. Come on, Iggy. I know you're 45. Who cares? Strap them on. <laughs> we still need that power clapper from the right wing. <laughs> There's a different Aginla coming up in the draft. That's all, it's true. That's all I'm saying. If the Flames don't draft him, I will cry. So, yeah. yeah. For the Kelowna Rockets, and apparently he's kicking ass. So that's lovely. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, remember when we were talking about the Detroit Red Wings? Me neither. Next segment. <laughs> All right. So it was announced a couple days ago that uh, the NHL would be making some changes to their All-Star format. So um, they've kind of they've gone back and forth. Uh, they had uh, originally it was just the classic East versus West. Then they kind of went back. They changed up their format, went to like a player-centric draft where players would draft from the pool of all-star selected players and then they kind of changed it up and went to this this tournament style three-on-three division versus division and now they're reversing course um i guess they've decided that that format hasn't been working and they're switching back to what it was before uh the player draft and i have my own opinions on yeah on what i like and don't like about it but i'll 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 let you take, take I'll the reins up on by this saying one first. What do you think about this, James? When me and you, you talked about this before the podcast, I was leaning towards the fact that I actually like it. Especially in the NBA, I really like the player draft system. Because I think having that draft... I think the draft is more entertaining than the actual game a lot of times. Yeah. But uh, reading how they plan on having it work, uh, I'll just explain it like this. This is the thing they end the paragraph on for the article that we have pulled up here the event will be televised and each captain will be paired with a celebrity which whenever you're bringing celebrities into sports it has the potential to be absolutely hilarious because there are times when you look back on it and i'm sure you can pick out moments in your head where it is absolutely hilarious i can also pick out a hundred other times that absolutely sucked and we can the skills competition in the All-Star game already. Those celebrity judges that are given, like, 10 points to Alex Petrangelo because he exists in Las Vegas. Like. Yeah, like, you know what I mean, though. Like, just, like, think like think back throughout time. <laughs> like, the amount of times that that has backfired. Like, sure, there's, like, the occasional time where they bring in Snoop Dogg, and Snoop Dogg's just a legend. Like, if you're going to do that, you got to do it right. That's kind of what I mean. Where you need to bring in somebody who's just going to be absolutely hilarious. Have Marshawn Lynch be a captain of a team. Like, that's what I mean. Do something like that. Make this entertaining. I want to hear Marshawn Lynch picking people because they have funny names. I don't want actual celebrities yeah. showing up. Like, yes. that's what I want. Like... <laughs> that's actually that's actually a great idea. And would I would... If if they have... This is, this, is, this is my point. If they have the celebrities doing the picks and the players that they're working with do not have any say and they just have to sit there and watch as like john krasinski tries to figure out who the fuck trevor zegris is like that that is that isn't is john krasinski a- like an actual a- isn't like because there was the whole thing when the bruins and the blues were in the finals. oh yeah he oh yeah i guess he is a hockey fan that's a bad example you have to you have to go um, like you have to do something like i if you're gonna do that i think you have to go like fucking 
Kim Kardashian and like some other person and just like <laughs> throw to them to the wolves. I, I think the way that you got to do it is you got to have Kim K and the other celebrity locked in like a glass box with the captains on like the other side. You know what I mean? So that you can see both reactions yeah. but they can't interact with each other. So you can watch fucking Connor McDavid have a mental breakdown when Kim Kardashian <laughs> selects like, I don't even know, fucking like an, <laughs> like, an I don't, I don't even have an example, but you know what I mean. Like, that would make for funny television. So either you have to go all in on the dumb celebrity <laughs> picks the entire teams, or you have to go the other way and have it like, if you're gonna, and they're not gonna do that. Obviously, they're just gonna have the celebrities there to be celebrities. But uh, yeah, like, which is the lamest possible way. To which, and if you're gonna do that, you gotta bring in like Marshawn Lynch, Snoop Dogg, like the people who aren't gonna care, like who are just yeah. gonna be there and be funny, and it's gonna be great. Bring in like. I don't know. Will Ferrell actually knows hockey. There you go. Bring in Will Ferrell. Yeah, he's a, he's a Kings fan. Yeah. Yeah, he'd, he'd, he'd do something. Yeah. I, I think I the way know. more as, entertaining as a, as... way to do this would be, like, to bring in, like, retired hockey players. Like, have Gretzky and, like, fucking Mario Lemieux draft mm. teams. And, like, have it be Gretzky that versus be Lemieux. Cool. Or, like, if you want to go, that like, cool. more, like, rivalries, you could do, like, Weiserman versus Sackick. Like... You could do, like, that type of yeah. thing. Like, that'd be cool. So it's, like, you're bringing in, like, those older fans who watched back then because you'd have, like, the All-Star game be Wiserman versus Sackick, right? Like, I think that's a really cool idea. But obviously yeah. I don't think they'd do that. I think if they're going to if they're no. gonna stick to this, like, celebrity thing, then I guess they're, I'll just go screw off. Whatever. They're, they're going with the blandest possible format of this idea. Like, that's, a, that's an amazing idea. That's an NHL they're never gonna do it right there. Go for the. Blend. It's an NHL move because you you know that it's going to be Connor McDavid picking teams and his like boring ass is just going to sit up there with his neck beard and like not do anything and just like drag or drag ourselves through this like <laughs> terrible presentation because it's like a lot of a lot of hockey players like especially the stars that the charisma is not quite all there so having them kind of lead this big TV broadcast I'm I'm looking at it and I'm thinking like this is not. There's a reason it works better in basketball. It's because the, yeah. the, the the personalities there are a little bit more defined than Connor McDavid. Like, well, and that's what I mean. There's a, like, a piece of post as a human being. Like, yeah, that's what I mean by you need like Marshawn Lynch in there to like facilitate to the, spice it up. To spice it up, yeah. Which I actually like. I think that it would be there is kind of like the humor to it because while they don't show it all of these hockey players have like the biggest egos ever so seeing like like i i don't even know who would get picked last what's a good last pick seeing like johnny goudreau slumped over in his way too big of a chair with his arms folded with like a frowny face yeah. on just like <laughs> that would make that yeah. would make for well, some entertaining television but like no that's true I mean, we did, like, that is the the one, like, I was reading the article about it. That was the one good thing about the other playoff shot for Vegas. Phil Kessel, who yeah, kept yeah, getting yeah. passed on by everybody. Like, that's pretty funny. Or, like, Ovi. There's Alec, or Alex Ovi. Ovechkin. Yeah. yeah. O or Ovi, Ovi like, saying he wants a class. car. I need a car. <laughs> yeah. That was, that's, that's good TV. Like, if yeah. they can have those those kind of moments so basically fun. let's have an I, alex I, I Ovechkin for that or have both captains be terrible at speaking english like you know how like Ovi, whenever he does a thing he just like talks loudly and it's hilarious it's the same thing as that yeah, let's need, have ovechkin you need like versus like out there 
yeah, yeah, Pooley yeah. RV out yeah, there. Yeah, Alex Ovechkin versus Pooley RV. Those are your captains. Have you seen? Have you seen like the Pooley RV clip where he's like, like I shoot, we score, they come, we win. Thank you, and then he leaves. Like, I have. I awesome. don't want to now because it will never be as funny as the image I have in my head. <laughs> I'm just imagining this dude looking stone cold into the fucking camera. <laughs> just... it's, it's, I, I don't think I don't think it's gonna disappoint. It's 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 great. He, if you haven't, if, if you're listening to this, you haven't seen this clip. Like, look it up. I'm sure you Ovech can, can find I, it somewhere. I just wanted to say Ovechkin is one of my favorite human beings to ever exist, just because he's so he's so naturally hilarious. Like, he's just, he's kind of a lunatic. Just a little. Like, he's a little bit of a lunatic. So, especially that year they won the cup. That might have been one of my favorite yeah. years ever. Like, or like yeah. favorite celebrations. God. Get Ovechkin to get another cup. That dude deserves it. Like, he really does. I'm so glad, I'm so glad he won one at least. Yeah, like, that yeah. Was, in terms of the most, that like, deserved up. cup wins of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, that was awesome. That's what we need more of. That's the one thing that the draft does allow for, that you just have to do it right. Because when it works, it works, right? Like, it's just when it doesn't, and it's just all of these fucking white bread, like, <laughs> drafting yeah. each other, like Connor McDavid going, oh, well, I didn't yeah. go first overall. Darn nabbits. Guess I'll yeah. just score five goals and make you regret it. Uh, yeah, who cares? Who cares about it? There's no. I mean, hockey can be such a bland sport sometimes in terms of the personalities. So it's like this kind of thing. And you, you gotta have the right people. You gotta have the right people. But I, uh, I mean, to get to get to like the format stuff of it, it is so frustrating because I feel like they had something that worked. I really liked the like division yeah. B, division three B, three thing. No, I, I think you had I think, you had uh, the perfect. I think a fun way you could do it. I don't think they should do two teams. I think it'd be cool to have them like draft, like like how many teams were there? There'd be four, right? Do like a tournament yeah. again. Make them just like do another tournament. I have think it be, they like, are. I draft. think they are doing that. Are they doing four I teams? I think they are doing that. If I'm not mistaken, I think they might be doing four teams. I'd have to double then, check that. I, I I don't have the. Off the oh, board. it is three. It is I'll, still I'll, three I'll on three. That. In terms of the player draft, the four all. There you go. So. There will be four teams. So I actually, if they're doing that, there then I go. like this more than what they've had in recent years. Because I agree with you. The tournament system is fun. But I think having them team up with their own divisions, that's not that interesting. The idea of, like, having this draft. So all of these. So it'd be like, let's, here, predict it. Connor McDavid, uh, Kale McCarr. Uh, at this point, probably Quinn. Like, uh, as in... Uh, Quinn Hughes, sorry, I forgot. I don't know. I'm tired. Yeah, Quinn Hughes, and then like, I don't even know. Uh, who else is kicking ass this year? Uh, Panarin. I don't know. Sure, Panarin. Throwing Panarin. Throwing Panarin. He's good. Yeah, throwing the Russian guy who can't speak English. That's a terrific idea. I, I, again, I love that idea, for reasons already stated. But uh, <laughs> we, that's four guys, right? That's it's just gonna be McDavid going. I picked Drysital because he's a great teammate. He's really good at putting the puck down the ice, and we're gonna put the puck down the ice good. And then you'd have Quinn Hughes yeah. take drafting a guy, and he'd be like, "Yeah, you know, we're gonna 
I'm going to draft Brock Besser because he's my teammate and we put the puck down the ice good. And then... Pucks in deep. Pucks in deep. Pucks in deep. Pucks in deep. (laughs) And then uh, you'll get to... I don't know what other names did I say in there. Uh, Kel McCarr, and he'll take Nathan McKinnon because he's his teammate and he puts the puck down the ice good. You know, it's going to be it's gonna be terrific. And I I'm already worry. bored. I'm already, yeah, I'm already yeah. bored. End the segment. <laughs> yeah. Everybody I, I clicked off. Like, it, yeah. <laughs> don't do like I, I don't know. We'll see how it is. Maybe, they, maybe they'll they'll do it right, but I have five. Have me captain one of the teams. I'll be the celebrity. I'm a celebrity, right? I talk on T. I talk on YouTube. I'll, I'll yeah. be the celebrity. There you yeah, go. Yeah, you're on. You're I'll on, go you're out on the there. I'll call sometimes. out Connor McDavid on his heated driveway on live television. Tell him that he should pull the <laughs> stick out of his ass, or I'll hit him over the head with it. <laughs> and uh, hopefully, hopefully that makes for entertaining television. That's what we need. We need somebody oh, to live yeah, with these damn real. hockey players, and I'll be. I will be the idiot yeah. monkey who who can do it. Throw me at Connor McDavid. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> Embarrass the crap out of him on live television. It'll be lovely. Because I'll just insult. <laughs> that that would be the entire thing. I just insult insult McDavid. Try and get like an ounce of personality out of him. Because like no, imagine good, imagine imagine if someone can get McDavid to tell them to go fuck themselves on live television. Would that not be like the most groundbreaking thing ever? I. <laughs> <laughs> I'd take McDavid like making a joke at this point. <laughs> yeah, but you know, like, I mean. I'd, t- I'd take anything. Like yeah. or like coming you, back you with like a comment like any, any imagine like someone insults McDavid and he just goes like takes one to no one. <laughs> like, oh, oh crap, like the most basic <laughs> in a million basic years. comeback. <laughs> or just like, is that what your mom said? Instantly. <laughs> it's all it takes. McDavid, we are asking love for them, great two insults. <laughs> not in a million years. There's no way. Uh, I all I want from McDavid is to, him to make a really crappy joke, or like I wish McDavid like <laughs> put in the effort. You know what I mean? Where like maybe he's just criminally unfunny. Like maybe that's why he doesn't say anything. So like I just want him to go out there and make like a, the worst doc doc joke ever, and just like. Just like it's just it's it's just it's just I don't I haven't even I haven't even I don't hear anything from him. It's just his delivery. He's just so bland and monotone and blah. Like it, even if you were to tell a knock note joke, it'll come out like he's like reading his rights or something. Like <laughs> that's what I mean. Good God, that's all I want, Connor. I you're want, not gonna I you're want not getting arrested, buddy. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's what I mean. Have like like who else is like a boring player? Like a really boring player. Have Connor McDavid and like honestly, and any of the like any of the Canadian hockey boys. As much as I as much as I, I love my country, I like they're they're all so boring. But everybody's like you know, going like nuts over like Bedard because he'll occasionally say some stuff in interviews. But he's even like he's still very he's PR pretty, like, trained. He's he's better than he, McDavid. He had a PR yeah. guy out the womb. Like yeah, he did. You know who's you know who's you know who would be actually fun if we're talking about Oilers who are really good that could captain these All Star teams. Get McDavid out of there. Drysaddle's fun. Drysaddle would be good. Drysaddle. Yeah. <laughs> Drysaddle's good. Drysaddle's like telling the media to go fuck off. Or <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't read what you, I don't read what you write. Like you're yeah. stupid. Go home. Like yeah, we need that kind of energy. 
Well, that's I that's what I mean. We need like we need like Drysidle and then somebody who would be like good. Like, I still I think a Drysidle Ovechkin's a little. I don't think you could pull off an Ovechkin one, but like you know what I mean. Like a Drysidle Ovechkin, that would be so awesome. <laughs> yeah. Would that not be the best thing ever? <laughs> It would be. They're yeah. not going to do it. We're not going to do be. it. We're going to get Kim K drafting a team for two hours where she's just going to be like, you know, herself, and it's going to suck. <laughs> it's going yeah. to be lovely. Can't, Can't wait. wait for Kim K to stand on a stage next to Connor McDavid explaining why they're going to take Dreisaitl because he puts the puck down the ice good. It's going to be lovely. Can't wait. I personally am so excited. I will not be tuning in for the draft. I will tune in for the games, probably. Yeah, yeah, I don't even know at this point. <laughs> I mean, it's still the same tournament. I'll, t- I'll tune in out of morbid curiosity. <laughs> Fair enough, I guess. Yeah, I... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, everyone likes to watch a car crash. Oh, yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Trick Play podcast this week. Uh, remember to like, subscribe, find all our things. If you guys, um, please, just for my sanity this week, subscribe to our podcast. Tell a friend about it because I'm so depressed and life has no meaning anymore. So, like, if you were to just make the little numbers go up, that makes the dopamine go- in my head get a little bit more. Um, I need that. Yep. My my shout my shout out for this week I I've kind of I, I felt like I threw him under the bus a little bit earlier this this podcast and I feel I feel I feel a little bit bad I said I think quote unquote that he was doing drugs in the in the back with Kirk Herbstreet or whatever the fuck um, Al Michaels I'm sorry buddy you probably are because you you've completely checked out of all the Thursday night games you sound like you're calling it while you're half asleep with with the amount of enthusiasm you're putting into it. Um, but you know what? I don't blame you. You're getting, they're advertising. I'm watching this Seahawks Cowboys game. And they're like up next week, the thrilling Thursday night matchup, Patriot Steelers. <laughs> I'm like, Oh boy, Al Michaels is going to kill himself on screen. Um, but, uh, oh my God. so poor, poor guy, poor Al, poor Al. He's, he's kind of lost his touch, but, uh, but I don't blame him. And, but he's still got, he's still got the classic Al Michaels zingers. It's not the classic. Sunday night football booth with Chris Collinsworth anymore, but he's still got his zingers. And my shout out for this week goes to Al Michaels, because on tonight's broadcast, um, they're talking about Deron Bland. And Deron Bland is in the news because he set an NFL record most pick sixes in a season ever. Um, and he just like yesterday won the NFC Defensive Player of the Month for November. And just for context, we're recording this November 30th. The Seahawks game, Seahawks Cowboys game happened November 30th. Um, and in the Seahawks Cowboys game, Deron Bland is getting lit up. At the end of the first half, he had allowed something like 170 yards and two touchdowns. Man is getting burnt to a crisp. And Al Michaels decides to dig his grave a little bit more. As they cut to commercials, Al Michaels said, well, Deron Bland was named NFC Offensive Player of the Month for November. Guess they didn't count November 30th. Killed him. Killed him. Al Michaels <laughs> with the knockout punch, just roasting people on, on primetime television. 
absolutely spectacular. Al, to, for, to Al Michaels for not giving a shit anymore and clearly just riding out the last few years of his contract to get that Amazon money and just saying whatever the fuck he wants on TV. Props to you, buddy. Al, Al Michaels forever. You've deserved a, a soft, cushy retirement Amazon job. You're, you're you're not as good as you used to be, but, but oh, you still got some stuff in you, and I'm proud of you, buddy. <laughs> Take those drugs in the back with Kirk. You've earned it. In the in the in the meantime, you can compile all the hockey fights. You've been given, there you you've go. Been given a job. <laughs> yeah, so I have a new job. You, you can keep yourself. Busy. You think they pay? Yo, intro. <laughs> Probably I not. think they pay. This is this is a, to do that. This is a revolutionary idea that you're introducing. To I don't the, think it's revolutionary. Uh, I feel like anybody who has watched anything fighting related would just. I think that's just an interesting it's, idea. Like it'd be cool to. It's be revolutionary to... for the NH. Sure. I just think that I, I think it's a cool idea. I'm surprised that nobody's thought of that. It's it's sure it'd be hard, but there's already sites that like have that tracking, right? Where they track like who like fans thought they would win it. That's as simple as just a little bit of coding to make like a counter. Right? Yeah. Like that's not a complicated thing. So I'm surprised nobody's tried, is more what I mean. With how stat-oriented yeah. orientated sports is at this point, it's it's crazy to me that we don't have more fight stats. Yeah, when when the NHL eventually introduces it, everybody come back to this podcast and you'll know where it came from, and you know that Simon was very bored on his Christmas break. <laughs> Damn right. I Actually, if this ever happens, I'm suing. <laughs> I'm suing for because uh, I we have, said we have proof. Can I? This is this, this is, is this uh, is proof. This is what third Thursday, November thirtieth, twenty twenty three. This is when the, the idea was formed. The like, any lawyers thirty this mark, point. like of the trick play podcast episode, like twenty two or whatever we are, like twenty twenty. I think something. it's twenty two, twenty three. No, it's twenty three. 23 damn yeah, I think. We're, we're we're compiling them yeah they're getting up there a lot of them for you Compile to go them. watch go watch them asshole yeah all of them go do it right now maybe all all 23 all 23 <laughs> right now at this exact moment back to back if <laughs> anybody if anybody can provide proof of them watching all 23 or whatever it is, quick play episodes back to back to back without I will give you every nothing. number on my credit card. <laughs> yeah, same, same. So that's a challenge. That's a challenge. Um, that's a challenge to the viewers out there. I I'm more scared than I should be because I know I know a nobody's gonna make it this far, and then I know b that like nobody's that insane to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who, who knows? Lower my credit card limit as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> so to, to to end the podcast, if you want money, listen to this trick play podcast. We're we're paying you to do this. Just you, as long as you don't stop. <laughs> Never stop watching the podcast. <laughs> if you want my credit card, you you have to keep it up. You have to, yep. You have to keep it up. That's the rule. Yep. Oh my god, that's fucking hilarious. Okay, well that's it for the podcast. Thanks for tune watching. in next week to see. Tune in next week to see Simon reveal his credit card information to the entire internet. That's how you get the viewers coming back. <laughs> uh, is that like? Can you say that? I thought that um, 
I thought, or no, I mean, I'm thinking of something else. I was gonna say, it's not I, gonna go well for you, but you can. <laughs> like, can you still can you say that online? Like, because I thought like credit, I thought like that one guy, like the Fortnite credit card scam guy. You know, like John Wick needs your help. Like that guy, I thought he got in a lot of shit because you can't like you can't say that. But that's not technically what we're doing because it's not a scam. And you will actually well, he's, get my credit he's, card he's information. Scamming. He's scamming people out of their credit cards. Yeah, which we're is giving you. <laughs> we're giving you the credit card. There's nothing wrong with that. We can choose to do with our credit card whatever we please. It's our money. Well, no, I mean it's your money. It's the bank's money. It's your money. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not jumping in on this. You think Simon's got money? No. <laughs> My money is the Tim Horton, the local Tim Hortons money.